Anything But Politics podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Everything But Politics podcast. Today, we have an absolute sicko of a guest. Uh, just total, total beast. Uh, happy to welcome Aaron Jeffrey. Aaron, thanks for coming on the podcast, bro. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's our pleasure. And Aaron, I guess before we kind of get into it and um, kind of learn more about you and your career, why don't you give our listeners a little rundown on yourself and like some more, some more background on you and your career? Um, in, in just my MMA career, you mean? Yeah, whatever. Just just whatever whatever you're feeling. Uh yeah, I'm a pro MMA fighter. Uh, I'm currently fighting in Bellator. I'm ranked number six in the middleweight division. My record is thirteen and four. Um, I'm based out of uh, Niagara Falls, Canada. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I haven't had this for a long time. I've been doing it for for probably about fifteen years now. Well, let's go. I mean, let me ask you this. Let's go back like 15 years ago. How does one get into it? I feel like a lot of uh, MMA fighters, it starts off with wrestling, yes? And then it leads more towards other. No, not for me. Not for me. Uh, It's less common in Canada. Like in the States, it's it's definitely popular for wrestlers to turn to MMA. Um, Wrestling is not really as big here. For me, it was just like watching UFC on TV when I was younger um becoming a fan and then like finding a, a martial arts gym and for me it was jujitsu and kickboxing awesome so you've been training for 15 years i guess straight what does like your training look like nowadays uh i'm pretty much twice a day monday through friday um once saturday and then sundays i rest um it, it obviously varies like every week is not like perfectly consistent um but it's pretty much all mat time i don't really do like strength and conditioning or running or any of that stuff it's just uh just like martial arts stuff whether it's jujitsu uh boxing kickboxing wrestling um yeah pretty much that like twice a day most days you said twice a day um how many hours per day and how early are you getting up to do that it varies. Uh, most days we have practice at 11 a.m. So I'm not up super early, maybe like 8 a.m. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're in there usually at 11 a.m. for about two hours. Uh, and then maybe like a, another hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours again in the evening. But Aaron, so something I, I'd be, it'd be great if you could clarify for our listeners. So for those who maybe don't know the difference between Bellator and the UFC, can you kind of walk them through the differences? Uh, yeah, it's like, it would be almost like comparing like um, the NFL to the CFL or I don't know, uh, like my, my girlfriend said Walmart to Zellers. Um, it's just a different league. Uh it's like the exact same sport, the exact same rule set, uh, just different ownership, different fighters. Um, it's like it's competition almost. Is Bellator also worldwide or is uh, North America? Yeah. No, Bellator is worldwide. Uh, they just did a show on the weekend in France. Um, they actually do a lot more shows in Europe than the UFC does. I would say they go to 
they go to Ireland, France, England. Uh, they're over there fairly often, actually. Italy. So, so how oh, often? I'm... How how often are you traveling then? I mean, obviously, based in Niagara Falls, you're <clears throat> all around the place, or what's the deal there? Uh, I train in Florida, um, for a few months out of the year. Like in the last year, I've been in Florida for maybe like four months. I go down there, uh, for like the the first half of my camp usually, um, and then wherever my fights are, I gotta travel for that. Uh, I haven't fought in Europe yet. Um, mostly in the states. Uh, last year, where did I fight last year? I fought once in Philadelphia. I fought once in Connecticut. Uh, and I fought once in South Dakota. And, mm-hmm. and my next fight is going to be again in South Dakota. Was your fight in March also in South Dakota? Um, Where was that fight? Uh, no, that was in California, actually. Forgot about that one. And when is the next fight? Uh, the next one is... I can't really say. Uh, it's in the summer okay. at some point. Great. The the news that like Bellator hasn't released anything, so I don't know like exactly how much I'm supposed to say, but uh, it'll be this summer. Okay, sick. And so, at what what weight class are you currently fighting in? And middleweight. how does middleweight? And in terms of weight classes, how does like how does it work in terms of like people in that weight class? And in terms of leaving that weight class, is it easy change if you wanted to go to lightweight or bantamweight? Um, I I don't know actually because I've never really done it. Uh, I've heard in the UFC it can be difficult. Sometimes they don't like you doing it. Um, it depends on the weight classes too. Uh, like some promotions will have different matchmakers for different weight classes. So, um, I know in the UFC I think like the welterweight is like the cutoff. So if you're going to go from middleweight to welterweight, uh, it would be a different matchmaker. So they don't really want you doing it often. Um, I think they're they're going to tell you, like, if you're going to make the switch, it's got to be permanent. You can't be, like, jumping weight classes all the time. Uh, but, yeah, again, I, I've never done it, so I don't really know how they go about it. So when people do jump weight classes, uh, obviously you said you haven't done it, but have you ever dealt with like cutting weight or trying to get down like a significant amount? I used to cut down to the weight class below me, like early in my career. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not fun. It sucks. A lot of guys cut tons of weight. I don't cut that much weight anymore since I moved up a weight class. Uh, I still cut like maybe 15 pounds, but that's like very reasonable compared to what a lot of guys will do. So what is your diet looking like with that being said? Uh, during the weight cut, you mean? Yeah. Um, well, like a lot of guys will have to lose like a bunch of weight leading up to like fight week. Like they'll have to cut their calories and like restrict their food a bunch to, to lose some weight uh, before fight week. Uh, but for me, it's it's pretty much just like the, the water cut, we call it. Um, so my diet's like pretty consistent year round. And then on fight week, I just... Uh, I pretty much cut out my carbs and my salt and that takes a lot of water weight off you. Um, and then I do like a, a little sweat in like the sauna or like sweatsuit or whatever to, to lose a yeah. few more pounds. After you do the weigh in, do you then drink water and carbs or are you not allowed to do that before the fight? No, no, no. You got to do that. Yeah. Cause okay. you're pretty dehydrated that way. And so, yeah, you got to refuel. 
Gotcha. Aaron, so um, something we've been fortunate to t- fortunate enough to talk to some athletes, and a lot of them, like it always comes back to a moment when they were growing up that a sacrifice they had to make to like kind of take it to the next level. When when were you um, faced with that, and at what age did you kind of realize that you want to do this at a <laughs> professional level? Um, well, I've been doing it like MMA is weird because. You can do it at the professional level and still be like pretty shitty at the sport. Like it doesn't take much to go pro. You just gotta find a promotion that's gonna like give you a pro contract and like pay you. It could be fucking fifty dollars that they're gonna pay you and you're considered a professional athlete because you're getting paid. Um so there's like very low level pros in, in MMA and like regional shows that have guys that are like making their pro debut and there's a lot of guys you'll see their record is like zero and four and they're still professional fighters and they're like really not very good uh but yeah I, i've been fighting pro for i don't know i think like seven or eight years now um but like the time that i realized like i could actually potentially make some money off it was when uh i got my first contender series contract in 2019 and is fighting your sole job or do you do anything else or do you train or how do you, uh, what else do you do? Uh, it's, it's my sole job now. Like I'm, I'm full-time fighting. Nice. Sick. So I guess going back to like cutting and gaining weight, like right now I'm assuming you're main you're maintaining your weight. What is your typical, I guess, diet? Like what do you eat on a daily basis? Um, nothing, nothing crazy. Like it, I mean, if you saw what I was eating, it looks like a a regular person's diet, probably like more calories for sure. Like I'm eating four to 5,000 calories a day often, but, uh, I don't know. Like I eat a lot of bread, like whole grain bread, eat a lot of eggs, veggies, oatmeal, fruit, nuts, uh, chicken, fish, meat, uh, rice, not like a ton of like processed stuff, but I'll I'll enjoy like a bowl of cereal here and there, or like granola bars, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's not like it's not. If you saw what I was eating, you wouldn't be like, "Oh, this guy's an athlete; he's on a crazy diet." Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like based like what Merrick said, we've spoken to some athletes, and it seems like it's not like their diet's much crazier than anyone else's. They just train a lot harder. Yeah, and they they probably just eat more because they're they're training hard all the time. So you got to fuel yourself, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no like magical diet that that athletes are following. Yeah. Wait, so as your summer fight is is coming near, as we approach it, will anything change within your diet, or you'll pretty much just stay the same and, and you know, <laughs> sweat it out? Uh, pretty much stay the same, man. Uh, like I said, my my diet's fairly consistent year round. I don't cut a ton of weight, so I don't need to like try and lose a bunch of fat before the fight or anything. Um, so no, I'll, I'll be pretty consistent. Like maybe I'll. I'll have less like quote unquote cheat meals. Like I went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago and like ate a ton of food there. Maybe I'll do that less often, but uh, otherwise pretty consistent. Nice. And Eric, you've you got thirteen wins and nine of them by knockout to TKO. I mean, like it's got to feel like you know pretty powerful to knock someone out. Can you kind of describe <laughs> that feeling? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's, <laughs> it's it's very difficult to put into words. Um, I mean, I, I think that's the reason why 
we as fighters are fighters is like chasing that feeling, whether it's like a, a knockout or submission or, or even just like a decision win, like to get your hand raised at the end is, uh, yeah, that's the reason why we do it. Yeah. That's awesome. But on the contrary, what does it feel like to be submitted or knocked out? It's, it can't be close to this one. <laughs> the worst fucking feeling in the world. Again, I can't put it into words, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if anything in life gets much worse than that. That's yeah. funny. And what's like the recovery process after, say, taking a beating like that? If you do lose, even if you win, I'm sure there's some aches and pains the next day. Yeah, for sure. Um, it depends. Like, Sometimes after a fight, you don't have any injuries, but you're just like worn down and you're like sore everywhere and you just kind of chill, like maybe take a week off and rest and whatever. Um, sometimes, obviously, there's like injuries, even like cuts and stuff. Maybe you get like a, a bad cut and you're forced to, to take some time off because of that. Uh, but yeah, it's going to vary for sure, depending on what how the fight goes. And you've but, been doing it for almost 15 years. How many, you know, broken bones or, you know, injuries have you had to you know, deal with in your career? Um, my fair share of like small things, nothing like really, really crazy. I, I messed up my knee pretty bad one time, uh, maybe like five, six years ago. Uh, and I was just in no surgery. Uh, I was in like a brace for like eight weeks or something. Uh, broke my nose a few times, like, um some some sprained ligaments like partially torn ligaments that kind of thing but uh no surgeries like n nothing really crazy that's good so, so aaron one of the crazy things about like the fighting world is that it's literally so universal like people from all over the world fight and like there's some like in the ufc for example some of the best fighters aren't here from north america how does the fighting landscape differ from like Canada, United States, to the rest of the world? Um, <clears throat> there's maybe, like, different styles, I guess. Like, uh, you guys, like, watch hockey? Yeah. Hockey yeah. At all? You know, like, the Russians have, like, a different style kind of from the North Americans. Like, North Americans are known for being, like, a little bit more rough and, like, maybe more athletic and, and tough and strong and explosive and shit. And the Russians are usually, like, a little bit slicker. Um. <laughs> some of that in fighting, I guess, like so there's some Russian guys that are like very slick and they're not like the most physical guys. And then I'd say a lot of North American guys like wrestlers and shit specifically are like the super athletes and they're like super jacked and, and, and powerful and stuff. So you get a bit of that, but, uh, um, I think like what works in fighting it, it works or it doesn't work. So, I mean, there can only be like so much variation. And in terms of your game, what what do you consider to be your greatest strength? Probably like being able to do everything. I'm like a kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. Like I, I never like started and specialized in one martial art. I've always done them all. So I'm like a I'm a mixed martial arts fighter before I'm like a boxer or a wrestler. So um I, I think I'm I'm decent everywhere, which is a a good skill set to have. Yes. Yeah. So outside of professional MMA, have you been in any street fights or like, you know, just fights that you had to, you know, defend yourself? I've been in a couple. Yeah, I, I don't do that anymore. It's been a long time. But yeah, back in uh, <laughs> back in my university days, I, I got in a couple. Where'd you go to university at? Uh, Brock University in St. Catharines. 
Okay. And did you did you fight there or did you on the side, not for the university? No, 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 not for the university, but at the university, maybe on campus or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess going back to uh hockey, um, I'm assuming you're a Leafs fan with them out of it, who are you rooting for the rest of the way down? No, I don't give a shit about hockey, man. Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I didn't watch any of the Leafs games. I think it would be cool if they won. Like I know a lot of people that are big Leafs fans. Like they're very popular here. I'm like an hour from Toronto, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, like everyone loves the Leafs around here. But no, I don't really care much. The Ducks were always my team just because of the movies growing up. I don't even know who's in the playoffs now. <laughs> uh, who's it? It's got the star. I think it's the Stars versus the Knights on the West. Yep. And the East is the Hurricanes versus Florida. Florida versus Florida. So I'll say I'm, I'll say I'm rooting for Florida then because I like to go to Florida. So where in Florida do you come down to? Um, near Deerfield Beach. Uh, I, I live here in Boca Raton. So oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly you know, where uh, you're at. Boynton Beach. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's where I stay, and then the gym is in Deerfield. Oh, right. Uh, Small yeah, world. Sick. And totally. do you do your training in Florida, like? Closer to a fight or earlier on in the fight before the fight? Uh, a little bit earlier. I like to go down there like at the beginning of my camp. Um, there's a lot of like super high level guys there. So I go down and like get some really hard rounds and like scrap and, and get beat up. And then I come back here and kind of tone it down a little bit and like just sharpen it up and, and stay healthy before the fight. Nice. How much of your training is like techniques and like practicing certain skills compared to just fighting other people? um there's a good mix of it both like a lot of sessions would be like a a technique portion at the beginning and then like some some live work at the end depends where you are in camp too like if it's two weeks out from the fight maybe you're cutting back on like the actual fighting in the gym um yeah but there's a good mix of both Aaron, something i'm curious about um like in the fighting world so I feel that when you first start off, it's almost like the, one of the most important times in your career, getting like those first few matches or wins under your belt, because say you start off 0 and 5, like it's hard to like build up from that or for people to take you seriously. Is that, is that true or how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> my, my roommate here just gave me the finger, but yeah, it's for sure. It's true, man. The uh, <laughs> roommate, he started off 0 and 2 and now he's 4 and 2 with four finishes in a row is that right four finishes yeah yeah so dude a lot of guys would be fucking zero and two and they might just quit or like lose confidence completely or or whatever and uh he built his way back and now he's four and two and he's like probably one of the top prospects uh in the country so um yeah man it's it's important like picking fights i mean guys hate to admit it but i mean you got to pick fights smart especially early in your career you can't be fighting like high level guys straight out of the gate because then again maybe you're zero and two or even you're like five and five and to make it to like UFC or Bellator or whatever with a record like that is is next to impossible. So, yeah. so say you are in that position. If, if someone listening is in that position, like what what route can they take to kind of, I guess, elevate their career? Get a good manager and and fight a lot of shitty guys and build your record back up. Like take smart fights sure. and start beating some people up. Well, yeah. you when you are at that point and you've ten fights in, you're five and five, whatever. 
how many how many fights should you be taking a year to the point where you're not like taking a physical toll on yourself? Um, I don't know, man. Depends how the fights go, I guess. Too right. Yeah. If you're getting real good matchups and you're just like beating guys in the first round every time, maybe you can take take four or five fights a year. If you're having like some wars in there, then maybe you're only taking one or two or three. How is, I guess, your training with, like, having a, a roommate who's also, you know, in the MMA world? Like, when you were, I guess, say, living by yourself, were you less motivated or is it kind of the same? Um, uh, it's kind of – I mean, I'm always motivated. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. going to the gym no matter what. It's kind of cool to – to have someone else that does it, like we talk about what happened at practice or the fights on the weekend or our teammates are fighting or whatever. So that's cool that we get to to talk about it more, I guess. And I don't know, it, it's probably useful. I bet it's good for like our skill set and our mentality and shit for sure to be like thinking and talking about it more often. And nice. Are all the people you train with professional uh, MMA fighters? Um. No, there's some amateurs on the team. Um, every once in a while, I'll hop in like a rec class at the gym with just like guys that are just jujitsu guys, and they they just do it kind of for fun as like a hobby. Uh, every once in a while, I'll hop in and roll with those guys. And what is what is like the team entail? Are those just the people you train with? Um. Yeah. I guess, like, I don't know, we call it, like, there's a jiu-jitsu team at the gym, like, people that just compete in jiu-jitsu. There's a Muay Thai team of, like, amateur Muay Thai fighters, and then there's, like, the the fight team, I guess, of, like, the, the MMA fighters, the pros and the amateur MMA fighters. Okay, so, so it's kind of just, like, based in groups and, uh, and based on what you do. Yeah, kind of. Okay. And, Aaron, at this point in your career, what what accomplishment are you most proud of? Um, probably being ranked in the top ten in Bellator. Nice. And how yeah. many how many weight classes are there? Uh, good question. In Bellator, yeah, 205, heavyweight. Seven men's weight classes. Maybe eight. Each. Maybe twenty five too. Yeah, seven or eight. Each have what anywhere from like one hundred to two hundred fifty people. Uh, no, it'd be a lot smaller for Bellator. I think UFC probably ranges from like 40 to 80 people per weight class, maybe. Bellator's probably depends on the weight class, but I would guess it's more like 20 or 30. And are most of the fighters in Bellator, are they have their eyes set on UFC or most of them are pretty content with being in Bellator? Um, probably depends where you're at in your career. Um, depends what they're paying you too, right? Like Bellator is paying some guys like a lot of big money. Some guys went from UFC to Bellator. Some guys went from Bellator to the UFC. There's some really young guys fighting in Bellator that are still like 20 years old. There's some older guys. So uh, it probably varies from person to person. So why, why do you think UFC is not like the mainstream fighting organization? Like that's the one everyone like kind of refers to. Uh... I don't know, man. There's probably a lot of reasons. I think they were like pretty much the first to get into it. I think that's a big part of it. 
Um, now they kind of have like a monopoly over the sport. Like they have the most money, the most marketing, they have the most fighters. Uh, it's like really hard to take that over, right? Like it's, why is like Walmart the biggest store? I don't know, but they, they probably will be forever now. Yeah. So like Merrick said, like MMA continues to grow and grow and grow. Like what are your thoughts on its growth and popularity, I guess, in the last couple of years? And where do you kind of see it going in the next five, 10 years? Yeah, it's good. It's good for all of us. Obviously, like the more the more eyes that are on the sport, the more the fighters get paid, which is what we want. Um, I feel like there is probably a ceiling on it. Maybe that's like negative, but I don't think MMA will ever be as mainstream as hockey or football just because it's like brutal and um, you're not going to have like probably your mom and your grandma watching the fights with you on the weekend. Like it's it's like mostly a, a young man's thing, I would say. So uh, I think there's probably some kind of ceiling on how popular it gets. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's definitely definitely not the kind of thing you're going to watch with with grandma. So yeah. <laughs> I get that. But uh, Aaron, I guess uh, before we kind of wrap this up, we'd love to ask you some like rapid fire questions real quick before we uh f- before we let you go. Sure. All right. What's your uh, dream venue to fight in? Dream venue. Um, the Thorold Community Center. Okay. It's two, two minutes from my house. I could walk over. <laughs> um, and a- after you've been training hard for a long month's time, after the fight, what's your go-to post-fight meal? Beer and pizza. <laughs> hey. When you were growing up, who was your like role model? Who did you look up to? Uh, my big brother. How about in the fighting world? Anderson Silva. Who in, with, I I think based off that answer, I know what you're gonna say. Who is the overall? Who's the goat of MMA? Anderson Silva. And who who's who would be the best up and coming fighter currently that maybe isn't getting the credit they deserve? Um, my roommate Kevin Popovic. Okay, shout out Kevin. Uh, and last one, what what country? Currently, is producing the best talent. Uh, probably between the U.S. and Russia. One of those two. Okay. Very cool. Well, hey, it's been a lot of fun, man. We appreciate Thanks you coming course. on, taking yeah, time bro. out of your day, and no uh, wishing you the best of luck with your upcoming fights and everything else you got going on. Thank you, guys. And where appreciate could our, our listeners though find you on social media? Everywhere at AAJMMA. Great. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. See you. Peace.